All right, so looking a little thin today, but that's all right. We're two or three are gathered. And, uh, you know, you always got to wonder, what are you missing? You know, it's, not every time is a message for you, but what if you miss the one that is made for you? And we'll talk about that later another another time. And uh, how important God's Word is and, and these lessons. And uh, my wife was telling me the other day that there was someone who made a, a post. That they were complaining about the uh, the egg cartons that come from Audis. And uh, what she was complaining about is when you open them up, if you look inside the lid, there's a, a Bible verse printed on there. It's something that the, the egg company does. And uh, the person was offended by it. She said she wasn't going to stop buying the eggs because they're the cheapest around, but she wished they wouldn't do these kind of things. And uh, that really makes me, me sad to hear stuff like that. Uh, not because of their complaining, but the fact of the condition of their heart. That someone is not only a, a non-believer, but is offended by people that are. And we are very fortunate to have God in our lives. That we have someone that is our champion, that is our source, that helps us through each and every situation. And you can only imagine the, the loneliness and the fearfulness and the bleakness of a future that does not have God in it. And when we encounter situations like this, that is when we need to use our most valuable weapon, which is prayer and prayer for these people. So uh, I got a little something a little different for you. It's a, a tale I'm sure that we've always all heard before and are familiar with, but we're going to look at a different aspect of it today. We're going to look at a part that we don't normally talk about and see it from a different angle. And isn't that great about God, how he can take and keep giving and giving us more and more and more stuff to talk about, about things that we've already used and already done before. And so... We're going to see what Dr. Luke has to say about the matter. We're going to be in Luke uh, chapter 15 and starting in verse 11. This is the parable of the lost son. And in 11, and he said, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said unto his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided them his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into the far country and there wasted his substance and righteous living and rigorous living and he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. And when he went and joined himself to the citizen of the country, they sent him into the fields to feed swine. And when he would feign and have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did not eat, and no man gave unto him, 
And when he came to himself and said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough and spared that I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and say unto him, Father, I have sinned against thee, against heaven, therefore thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was in a great way, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. And his father said forth to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it upon him, and the ring on his hand and the shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fattest calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For my son was dead and is alive again, and he was lost and found, and now they begin to be merry. And the elder son was in the field, and he came to drew nigh the house, and he heard music and dancing, and he called to one of the servants and asked, What do these things meant? And I say unto him that their brother has come, and their father has killed the fatted calf, and he, because he received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore the father came out and entered him and answered and said, I said, Father, loaf, these many years I do serve thee, and neither to transgress that any time that I come commandment, that thou never gavest me a kid, that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as the son come, which had devoured the living harlots and the haft and killed for the fatted calf, he put on to him and son, thou art ever with me, and all I have is thine. And it was meet that we should make merry and glad, for this brother was dead and he is alive again, and he was lost and now is found. So normally after we read this, we go and we talk about the different things that took place here. Number one is, is that how the father reacted. He is a mirrored image of how God receives us. We go out into the world and we do worldly things. And when the time comes, we can go back to God and God is there with open arms like nothing ever happened. He is happy to receive us. And then the other lesson comes from the, the older brother because he didn't realize what he had. He had a jealousy issue. You know, he thought that he was being neglected, mistreated because he was faithful and loyal, but yet he's never had a party in his honor or any of these things that, you know, that, that, that this younger brother, after doing all these sinly things and come home, is, is receiving. And the father's telling him, he said, son, you had it all along, that you had access to any of these things, and whatever I have, you have. And that's another lesson that we're getting. God is telling us what I have, you have. You have access to it for being faithful and loyal and part of the family, that it is a, a given right. So what's, what's new about this today? And we need to look at what the basis of the problem was to begin with. What happens when we do something out of season? You know, everything there is a, a time for that it should fall into place. 
You know, one of the great things about God and one of the frustrating things about God is timing. See, because God always shows up exactly when he's supposed to. He's never early and he's never late. He's always right on time. And we want things now. We have a problem with waiting upon the Lord because that takes faith. That takes us having to deal with our emotions and having to push them to the side, push them down, get rid of them, and to activate and work in faith, to trust in the Lord that he's going to do what he says he's going to do, trust in him that he has got our backs, he's going to take care of our situation. You know, the whole train scenario thing, that, that spiritual chicken, when we're running headlong towards the problem, we have to maintain the course and that God's going to step in right before we collide and take care of the situation. But see, another problem with being human is, is that we want that instant gratification. You know, everything we want, we want it to be fast. We want it now. We want it to be high speed. We want to be able to, to get that, that fix. God tries to get us to be in a state of contentment and in a state of peace all the time. No matter what our circumstances are, no matter what we're doing, we're supposed to be in a, a state of peace, have a, a quiet mind, to be able to be comfortable no matter what's going on around us. But we're living in this world that, that's high speed, and if we can get that instant gratification, that little dopamine bump that we get whenever we can get that item that we want, that we can... Take a bite of that, that food. We want it faster and faster and faster. Instant is not fast enough. I do custom work. And things have to be created from raw materials. It takes time. And there's so many people that's not even willing to wait. They want something right then. And it's physically impossible to be able to meet some people's time demands because they've gotten so impatient. And they're wanting that fix right now. You know, we worry about things like drugs and tobacco and alcohol because of their addictive nature. But there are so many things in life that are very addictive in nature that we just seem to be as normal. And that's what the world wants us to believe. But anything that we is causing us to not have control. And, and think about all the things that we do, that we scheme and we go into debt and we indulge in things that's not healthy for us. We know that an influx of sugar can be just as deadly 
as tobacco, but yet one is deemed perfectly okay and one is tolerated. So everything has a time. And many times in life, we try to push things along. We try to make things happen before they're ready. And it fails. And that's exactly what happened here. So we see this is the the younger son. And he's wanting what is, is due to him, his inheritance. Now, when we hear that word inheritance, what do we normally think of? This is the portion that we would get after the demise of an elder loved one. And this would be the case, the the father. So, we see immediately here that we have a, a time issue. Because this young son... He's wanting something right now that he shouldn't be getting because it's not time yet. And what's some of the reasons why there needs to be these kinds of times? So he was the, the younger of the two. And it doesn't say exactly how old he was. But based upon the choices that he made and everything, we would say, you know, he's, he's younger, maybe upper teens, younger 20s, somewhere in there. We could guess. And he's wanting, wanting this fortune, wanting his inheritance because he wants to go out and do now. Well, see, when we're young, we haven't had the, the life experiences we haven't had to make the tough choices. We haven't had the responsibility. Now, he grew up in a, a wealthy household. They talk about all the servants they had. So I can't imagine also being the younger one, having all these servants, that there was a, ever a, a need that he had for a, a want for much of anything. There was always food. We they see about all the food. They slaughtered the fatted cow. Everything they had was right there. It was, it was not with want. He was living in luxury at his father's home. Talks about how his father treated his servants very well. So he never had that chance to build up any real responsibility. He's never faced many challenges. He's just that typical human. And we all can relate to that about wanting more. Sometimes we have a problem. Many times we have a problem with being content. We get something, we want more, we want more, we want more. One thing that God tries to curve, he wants us to be content and not be driven by things of the world. It's okay to have stuff as long as it doesn't have you. And so many times that becomes everything. 
we fall upon the earth curse. We've got to have more and more and more. The more we have, the more our status is, the better we think we are. And we just get a very false sense of reality. So that's where he was at. And he's like, Father, I want, I want this right now. So his father figured up what his portion would be, and he gave it to him. And many people struggle when they have abundance. Because you have to, to manage it. Let's say you come into a, a large sum of money. And on paper, when you first get it, if you figure out what you're spending now and, and you look at your expenses and everything, and you figure out, and that well, that's going to last me five years. Or so many times they take in at retirement level, they say you're going to need X amount of dollars to be able to last you through your retirement years. That you can have this much come in and, and how all that at technology works. So, you know, how much interest you got to draw, how many payments you can take off that. And you have a magic number. Everybody has these magic numbers that we have to, to reach. These only fall into a, a best case scenario because there's always times that we don't foresee trouble that's going to come upon us. You know, if we get, we get sick, we get in some kind of trouble, and then these kind of things can affect our financial situation. But more often than that is, is our, our personal issues that we have. Because we see these big numbers, and that's all that takes our, our attention. We don't worry about how that's going to play out, how that's got to divide out. So we have that want. And when that want starts driving us, we see that big numbers and we say, oh, you know, I can take a little bit out and it's not going to hurt anything. It's not that much. But we wind up doing that more and more. And pretty soon we're left with, with nothing. It just gets dwindled away little by little. And that's what happened with this fellow in the story. He goes out and he's traveling. He's going to other places. And we know that any of us that took a vacation, well, that's not cheap because you have to pay to get there. You have to have lodging. You have to have your food. And of course, when you're living it up, you want the best of everything. You want to stay in the best places. You want to have the best food. And he was paying for the best company, if you catch my meaning. Also, too, is in when you're the life of the party. You know, he was the, the big spender. So he was treating his, his friends. And, you know, you always have really good friends as long as there's something in it for them. So when the, the drinks were flowing and the food was flowing and the entertainment was there and he was taking care of the bills for all that, he had people around him that was taking advantage of it, that was allowing him to, to foot the bill. 
And then that unexpected thing showed up, that famine in the land. Well, that made things even worse. So now he's broke. He can't get back. He can't get back to where he was. He's got this famine. He's going hungry. He went from living high and mighty, having everything that he wanted, to eating the scraps that the pigs wouldn't eat. And if you've ever been around swine, they will eat anything. Okay, I can only imagine the insignificant amount that he was looking at. So he goes back and he looks and says, hey, my father treats my servants, his servants better than I'm being treated right now. So I can go back and I can just be a servant. And at least I won't starve. At least I can be in better conditions than I am right now. And of course, the father, he takes him back in and resets everything and puts him back to where he was. Because I can imagine what the father was thinking too, you know, because the son's asking, I want my inheritance. I want everything I have coming due to me right now. That seems kind of final. And then, of course, he goes out and we don't know how much time passed, but during this time that the father thinks that, well, he's gone because he took this final piece. But here's what was supposed to happen. See, he was supposed to be there with the father so he could learn all of these things, how to be responsible, how to manage all this stuff, how to manage money, how to be able to say no, how to know who to trust, who to put by your side, how to treat people. All of these lessons were supposed to come during this time. And the thing of it is, he still had access to all this stuff. Now we can look at the character of the father and see that when the son asked for something, he gave it to him. When the son came back, he restored his position to where he was before. He put on the ring, which meant this is the authority of this place. He hugged him. He kissed him. He was glad to see him. He loved him. So that tells me that, and he even tells the other son, he said, son, everything I have, you have. There was no reason that you couldn't eat a goat, slaughter a fatted calf, have your friends over, throw a party. You could have done this at any time. Which meant that the young son had access to that too. 
He could have did the same thing. If he wanted to travel, I'm sure that wouldn't have been a problem. He could have went and done and had things. But he thought that he had to break away. That he wanted what the future held. He was doing things out of season. And because of that, he wasn't ready for it. And it caused him to fail. And that's another thing that we do. You know, we don't realize where we're at right now. So many times we're focused on something else, something in the future that we can't see what's right in front of us. He had everything that he wanted right there, but yet he thought he needed to be away from that. He thought he had enough. We take that stance with God all the time. Well, you know, I want to make sure I don't go to hell. You know, just in case that might be real. So we accept Jesus. We get dunked in the tank. And we have our fire insurance. But then we fail to have a relationship with God. We do the same thing. We go to church because that makes our wife happy. That makes our husband happy. That makes our our grandma, our mama, whoever is driving us to go there. We do it and we go through the motions, but we don't have a relationship. We come and we gather because we want to socialize. We want to look good. We want to show our fellow friends that we are Christians and we want to have a good time, but we don't have that relationship. We're meant to go through these seasons to build the relationship, to build the faith. And then the reward comes. We want the reward without any of the work. And that's all we see. People don't want to accept Jesus. People don't want to follow the word. People don't want to study the word. They don't want to come to church because that's work. We want the blessings. That's how we approach God. God, answer my prayers. And when you do... I'm still going to do anything anyway because that's who we are. But that's our mindset is, you know, I'm going to believe when I see. We had old Dalton Thomas up there. You know, he followed Jesus around. He's seen all the miracles. I'm not going to believe it till I can touch it. Not going to believe it till I touch it. Old Peter, I'm not going to deny you. I'm not going to deny you. Cock-a-doodle-doo. It's 
I'm not saying it's easy. Abraham and, and Sarah, they were promised a child. And it took a while. So Sarah took it into her own hands to try to speed up the process. And she had a child through one of her handmaids. But that wasn't the time. And that one had to go. He had to go do something else. God had to use him in a different way because it wasn't the time. But when the time came, even though it was an impossible time, even though that it didn't seem logical, that was God's time. And he came through and he did exactly what he said he was going to do. He honored his promise. It just took a little bit. We look at all of these examples in here. Not much stuff happens instantly. It takes some work. It takes faith. It takes building that relationship. Those Israelites out there wandering around in the desert, that wasn't for fun. That was a character building process. Because no matter how much they saw, no matter how much God did, they kept resorting back to their old ways. We face challenges. We're wanting things to happen. When am I going to be healed? It's taking so long. When is this endeavor going to start being profitable? When is the provision going to come in? When am I going to get the desires of my heart? When is this thing going to manifest? When is the child going to come? All of these things that we have, these wants, these desires, and even sometimes needs, we're wanting to happen. But sometimes it's more than just us being impatient. Sometimes it's more than just the right season. If you uh, rewind in your mind back a few episodes, we were talking about the different things, you know, how, how people affect us and how we get angry and we want to deal with things in our own way. And God tells us over and over again that we are not to seek revenge you know, we can stand up for ourselves. We can be in that moment. But after that's passed, to not seek revenge, that vengeance is his. You know, God fights our battles. God answers our prayers. God also gives us free will. So if we want God to react in our lives, 
if we want God to fight our battles, we have to allow him to do those things. Now, listen very carefully. We have to allow him to do those things. Because we take it upon ourselves to do it completely on our own, God's going to let us do that. That is free will. We are not bound by some spell. We are not bumping through a maze. He doesn't put up the the bumper guards on the bowling alley of where the ball going down to knock down the pins. Oh, no. We are completely free to choose him, not choose him, to sin, to veer off course. We are completely free to make our own choices. And that's including whether or not we allow him to fight our battles, to answer our prayers, to give us blessings. So if we're out trying to do things on our own completely. Now, this is a, a complex subject. And we have to understand each piece of it. Now, one thing is, is that we need to have good clear communication with God to know exactly what we need to be doing. And through his word, through prayer, we need to be in sync with God. Because we have things to do. We have the camp of people that think, okay, I'm just going to pray, I'm going to sit back, I'm not going to do anything. That's not what I'm telling you to do. We still have action to take. But we have to take Godly action. We can prepare, we can work towards something, but we can only push it so far. We have to let God guide us and lead us through it. You know, that's where we get into a, a pickle at is because we get so close to something and we want to do something that's a little bit shady to push it over the edge. We want to seek some retribution for someone that's caused us some kind of discomfort. But we have to let God work. And it's complicated because I'm like, I'm telling, like I'm telling you two different things. No, I'm telling you that you need to understand understand how the system works. Because we are so quick to blame God. Well, I prayed and nothing happened. No, I'm sure something happened because God says his answer is yes and amen. So it's not on him, it has to be on, on you. Well, I asked to win the lottery. Okay, you're asking for the wrong thing. God wants you to have your needs met, but he's not going to give you something that he doesn't have control over. That's a man-made system. 
When Peter got that coin out of that fish to pay the taxes, Jesus asked him, he said, whose picture's on that coin? Well, it's Caesar's. Well, then render on to Caesar what is his. God's not going to just have a million dollars show up in your mailbox, but he will give you a million dollar plan if that's what you need. We have to stop putting God into a box and we have to allow him to work. And we have to know how to walk that line between doing what we need to do, waiting upon him, allowing him to do what he needs to do, us to do what we need to do. And the only way to do that is, is to have a relationship with him. You see the purpose here. You say we think God gives us all these rules, all the stuff to follow, all the stuff to do. And all he wants to do is, is have you succeed in life. He's given us all of these things to do so we can succeed in life. So we can have the blessings, have the provision, have the healing and know how to do it, how to access it. It does no good to have a car if no one ever taught you to drive. God is giving us the instructions.